Let's take a look at the multi-store model of memory. So I'm going to have a look at all things to do with memory for you. So the multi-store model of memory, which is also called the modal model, was proposed by Atkinson and Schifrin in 1968. And this is one of the first models of memory. For a memory to go into storage, which is also called the long-term memory, it has to pass through three distinct stages the sensory register, the short-term memory, and finally, the long-term memory. And these stages were first proposed by Richard Atkinson and Richard Schifrin. Their model of human memory is called the Atkin-Schifrin, or AS. It is based on the belief that we process memories in the same way that a computer processes information. There are three variables that can be used to describe the stores that information passes through. Coding, capacity and duration. Coding is the process of changing information from the environment to store it in memory. Capacity is the amount of information that can be stored. And duration is the time period that information is held in the memory stores for. So I'll recap those for you. Coding is the way information is stored. Capacity is the amount of information that can be stored. And duration is the time period that information is held for. The sensory register store is constantly getting information from all of our senses about the world around us. The information is quickly discarded or transferred to the long-term memory. In the Atkinson-Schifrin model, stimuli from the environment are processed first in the sensory register, which is a storage of brief sensory events such as sight, sounds and tastes. So it's a very brief storage, only up to a couple of seconds, because we are constantly being bombarded with sensory information and we can't absorb all of it or even most of it. Most of the time has no impact on our lives. So what's stored? Sensory information about sights, sounds, smells, and even textures is stored. But if we don't view the information as valuable, then we discard it. And if we view something as valuable, the information will move into our short-term memory system. So in summary, sensory register, is very quick, only about 0.5 seconds. It's got a really big capacity for all our sensory experiences and its coding is specific to each sense. So I'm gonna tell you about an example study on the sensory register. And this researched the significance of valuable information on short-term memory storage. J.R. Stroop, discovered a memory phenomenon in the 1930s. This was that you could name a colour more easily if it appears printed in that colour, which is called the Stroop effect. In other words, the word red would be more quickly named, regardless of the colour the word appears in, than any word that is coloured red. The next part is short-term memory. And this is the point of processing sensory memory. This then determines whether information is moved into the long-term memory or not. So the short-term memory 
is a temporary storage system that processes incoming sensory memory. Short-term memory takes information from sensory memory and sometimes connects that memory to something already in long-term memory. And this short-term memory lasts about 20 seconds. You think of short-term memory as the information you have displayed on your computer screen. So imagine it like that. So it could be a document, a spreadsheet, or a web page. Then, information in the short-term memory goes to the long-term memory. So, for example, you save it on your hard drive on your computer. Or you discard it. You delete it, or you close the web browser. This step of rehearsal, the conscious repetition of information to be remembered, to move short-term memory into long-term memory is called memory consolidation. In his research on the capacity of memory, George Miller in 1956 found that most people can retain about seven items in the short-term memory. Some remember five, some nine. So he called the capacity of the short-term memory seven plus or minus two. Some factors affect our short-term memory. For example, number, numbers recall is better than letters and acoustic coding tends to be better than visual coding. So the summary for the short-term memory, it lasts about 20 seconds, its capacity is seven plus or minus two items and the coding is primarily acoustic. Finally, we've got the long-term memory and this is like the brain's hard drive which has no limits. Most of the time, information can be retained and moved back into short-term memory, but a prompt may be needed. Long-term memory is the continuous storage of information. Unlike short-term memory, the storage capacity of long-term memory has no limits. It encompasses all the things that you can remember that happened more than just a few minutes ago to all the things that you can remember that happened days, weeks or years ago. Sticking with the computer analogy that we talked about, the information in your long-term memory would be like the information you have saved on the hard drive. It isn't there on your desktop, which is your short-term memory, but you can pull up this information when you want it, at least most of the time. Not all long-term memories are strong memories. Some can only be recalled through prompts. For example, you could easily recall a fact, for example, like, what is the capital of the United States? Or a procedure, like, how do you ride a bike? But you might struggle to recall the name of the restaurant you had dinner in when you were on holiday in France last summer. A prompt, such as that the restaurant was named after its owner, or spoke to you about your shared interest in football, could help you recall the name of the restaurant. So let's summarise long-term memory. Its duration is unlimited, its capacity is unlimited, and its coding is primarily semantic, but it can also be others. And that sums up the multimodal store of memory. So you have in that, you have the long-term memory, the short-term memory, and also the sensory register. If this episode has got you in the mood for more revision, then head over to SenecaLearning.com where you can revise all of your A-level subjects absolutely free. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Anchor, then you will find a link in the bio. But if not, just type in SenecaLearning.com and you'll find us. While you're at it, if you could rate us five stars and subscribe or follow, 
to all of our revised podcasts, which cover every subject you need, then that will help other people to find our podcasts.